0: 3 2 1
1: zero zero, 0 0 From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth Podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy?
0: This is Stand Up For The Truth Good morning to our Northeast Wisconsin radio listeners and online, Q90FM.com slash listen. Thursday,
1: December 14th, it's a fresh new podcast. Mary Danielson. It is indeed. Good morning to all of our listeners. Um, I made a mental note here that Scotty, when he was wrapping up the uh, end of the morning program, he mentioned some um, uh, 30th anniversary uh, Q90 t-shirts here. Get them while they're hot and while they they last in the studio. But we also have gear uh, for Stand Up for the Truth specifically, and you can go to StandUpForTheTruth.com, dot com. Click on Gear. There are shirts, mugs, hats, water bottles. And I know they have to ship. They do make a great Christmas, uh, gift. I'm not so sure about shipping time at this point, but you can also put a note in somebody's gift saying, hey, you're getting a Stand Up for the Truth t-shirt. So, uh, just, uh, standforthetruth.com and go to gear. Uh, we have Don Stewart with us back today, and we love having Don on. He's just, uh, so knowledgeable about so many things, Bible and prophecy. And so many things. So we're looking forward to that. But first, a scripture this morning that I do confess is largely for me. But maybe it's for some of you out there too. Psalm 27, 13 and 14. And I might make this a daily scripture. <laughs> I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Yes, we are waiting on the Lord, aren't we, collectively. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we desire to be courageous and bold for you and to wait and wait for you. Help us in our weaknesses, Lord, to take our eyes off our circumstances, that we can focus on you as we await the culmination of all things as you've promised. We thank you that you are a God who keeps every promise. And we pray for open doors to share that hope that we have, that people we encounter would see Jesus in us. I want to lift up Don to you and ask for continued ministry opportunities, good health, endurance, uh, for all needs to be met, and for that joy that he has in you, Lord. We thank, we ask that you'd protect him and his loved ones and refresh them by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, Don Stewart. He's an internationally recognized apologist and speaker. He graduated from Talbot Theological Seminary and the International Seminar in Theology and Law in Strasbourg, France, as well as from Biola University. Don is a best-selling, award-winning author, co-author of over 70 books. Uh, his various writings have been translated into over 30 different languages and have sold over a million copies. He has traveled around the world proclaiming and staunchly defending the Christian faith. Don, your website, educatingourworld.com, is really a reflection of your love for learning and passing along what you learn. It's a great resource, videos, articles, a lot of downloads. Welcome back to Stand Up, Don. Well,
0: well thank you, Mary. It's always a pleasure to be here, and Merry Christmas to everyone out there in uh, Wisconsin and elsewhere.
1: Yes, and to you as well, Um educatingourworld.com. What's new on the website? Anything new, Don? What would you like to highlight today?
0: Uh, oh, I'm glad you asked. We now have an app <laughs> in both Android and, and Apple, Educating Our World with Don Stewart. It's free from the App Store. Great. we just had it for a few weeks and people love it. It is it is so well done. I'm just mm. amazed at it. Where you can, uh, like with the videos, you can listen to them, you can watch them, or you can read the, the 65 PDFs we have. We have 65 wow books all free downloads on um, 11 different topics the bible god jesus christ 12 on bible prophecy and everything is always free so we want you to take advantage of mm. there's over 200 videos that we have there on the site and you can watch it on the website uh, we do a daily program called breaking news you can watch it on the website educating our world or on the app or on youtube we're getting about we've done youtube since may and I like you folks I've been shadow banned people cannot mm. find me it's been such a harassing thing but i've had over a million and a half views on youtube believe it or not even with all the uh the problematic so we're there and we're doing it like i said a daily program explaining what's going on in israel in the world with respect to last day's bible prophecies so we're very very happy about that and god God's just been good so um we want people to take advantage of it to shamelessly promote it because everything <laughs> is free when are are charged and so please uh Use the resources
1: that we have. Wow, it's good to know there's an app and it's loaded. Um, And I'm going to download it when we're done this morning. So educatingourworld.com and then the app. Go to your app store educating our world with Don Stewart. So, we want mm-hmm. to talk about Israel. I mean, it, Don, it's such a complex war. I have not seen anything like this in my lifetime. And I've said on the podcast, it seems like it's an open-ended conflict, subject to violent change on any given day. Uh, the frustration by all the players over there has reached a boiling status, and it's not going to change. And here's simply why. Israel's goals are to eliminate Hamas, return the hostages, ensure Hamas will never again be a threat. But Islam's goal is to destroy Israel, okay? Uh, continue on in the current manner until that is accomplished. Don, there's got to be somebody who can resolve this. Tell us about how complicated this is.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's very complicated. What's interesting about this, it was one, 50 years and one day after the Yom Kippur War mm-hmm. in uh, 1973, October 6th. And what was interesting, one of the stories that it was an article on October 6th for one of the Israelis who participated in the Yom Kippur War said, yeah, we weren't ready at that time. But it's never going to happen again. We'll never mm-hmm. be taken by surprise. And the next day we had this horrific thing that took place. Now, what we know, Mary, for sure, the fallout from this will happen until the Lord comes back, because it's going to be years and years, because the things that Israel is doing, uh, you know, to try and rid uh, Hamas out of Gaza... Um, the repercussions of that, the Arab world has, you know, Muslim world, should we say, has spoken very loudly against it. They'll never let people forget what's going on. The United Nations General Assembly, 153 countries voted for immediate stoppage of the war, 13 out of the 15 on the Security Council. But Israel keeps going on. They're not going to stop. And so one of the, it's, it's complicated. We've never seen anything in our lifetime like this happen before. It's the worst carnage in Israel since the uh, the Holocaust, and it caught everybody by surprise. And it's, and like you said, it's a daily, moment-by-moment, moment, you know, uh, story. It changes. You've got the ups and downs. And so it's fascinating to watch. But what it does, and then here's the key, it sets the stage for events that are predicted in Scripture that will happen at the time of the end, uh, uh, particularly the Ezekiel 38-39 invasion. It's setting the stage in the Middle East for that. So we might see even a larger war. We've got all that going on, Hezbollah. In Lebanon, you've got the Houthis down in, in Yemen. You've got, of course, Syria. You've got uh, Iran behind all of this. So it's it's a fascinating, fascinating um, thing. But the interesting thing is we can we understand it. Here's the key. In light of last-day Bible prophecy, it's not surprising that this happens because the players are lining up precisely as the Bible said they would.
1: Mm, wow. Yes, and there's a lot of... Um... Oh, I don't know. I, it's complicated. We tend to look at the war itself, but I want to talk just for a minute about the people. Um, you know, since October 7th, that nation's never going to be the same. There's been a lot of never. upheaval. It, it, hundreds of thousands of reservists are being called up. It's hitting the economy hard. Businesses have lost workers. Parents are not with their children because they're serving. Um, more than a quarter of a million Israelis are homeless now. Widows and orphans are trying to adjust to a new life. And so, Don, there was a headline in the Jerusalem Post, and, uh, it said that, uh, the IDF has designated 2024 as the year of war. I think that really yep. underscores what the, how, uh, we're looking at something that is open-ended. Uh, I don't think any of us expected it to just go on and on, but yet we're not surprised.
0: No. No, not at all, and it will go on and on in various forms. Even if they get to the place where they've rid Hamas in in Gaza, they're having Han Yunus, They're you know taking care of that now in southern Gaza. Even if they get to a place where uh, it's not, there'll be no more rockets fired at them from Gaza. There's still going to be fighting going on for forever because you've got these people here, and let's not forget the Palestinian authorities. Uh, supposedly mm. the the chief partner, you know, of Israel, uh, came out and, you know, blamed. I'm sure he did that story, as you recall. They said, well, the people that got killed October 7th were from Israeli bombs. They weren't from Hamas. And uh, they said Israel doesn't have the right to defend itself. On and on and on you go. And so this is never, it's never going to end until the Lord comes back. You're right. And it's going to get more and more complicated. But what's interesting uh Israel is going to get more and more isolated, the Jews are going to be, as we talk about, being, you know, around the world, being persecuted, being, you know, um, sh- shuddered, stunned, And also the Christians, too, because what's happening now is they're equating Jews and Christians with Western civilization, which mm. needs to be overthrown. So they're the two groups that are being attacked. And isn't it interesting, Mary, that in the Bible it says in the last days the two people groups that will be attacked are first believers in Jesus Christ, and second descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So just as the scripture says, here we go.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't turned on the Christians yet, um, considering all the anti-Semitism, people seem to be obsessed with that particular thing. But I, I thought even sooner rather than later, they'd be saying, oh wait, look at those people over there, they believe the same thing. It's the same God, although I don't yep. know if they understand that, but. Yeah, Yeah,
0: well, they actually are turning on Christians. I did a story today in today's broadcast about uh, 10 different cities in Germany. They they basically desecrate a bunch of Christmas trees because the Christmas trees relate Mm -hmm. to Christians, which along with the Jews are Western civilization destroying us, and we need climate change to take place, and, and unless we do something... Uh, the white supremacists, you know, and, they, you know, they call us all now white supremacists, yeah, Jews right. and Christians. We're the, ba- we're the bad guys. We're the colonialists, right? Right. And so, um, yeah, so it's, it's happening. It's coming, believe me. And it's there. Every day I have stories and persecution of Christians oh. and Jews worldwide, and it will not stop, gang. But here's the good news. We always have to say this. We're always optimistic because we know how this story is going to end. The Lord Jesus will return, set up his kingdom. We'll be coming with him. But in the meantime, we're going to have some pretty dark days.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I want to switch gears just a little bit, Don. I want to talk about the land, and, and I think we can weave prophecy into that because we have past prophecy, we have future prophecy. But you know, in all of world history, peoples from you know around the world, one hemisphere to the other, has had we've had many people groups who thought they owned their land, right? We had Germanic tribes, Native Americans, and generations come and go, and and they stake a claim to land. and And I think a nation and a people are hardwired. Uh, to want that land and that possession, but it's not the same between the Gentiles and the Jews. It is totally different. Israel's had this land for 3,000 years. 1,400 years before Christ, there was the Exodus. And here it is Christmas. I love this. People celebrate a Jewish baby born in Bethlehem, but there's a little <laughs> bit of a disconnect, right, Don? These same people say, well, the Jews yeah. weren't there before 1948. So what can we tell people about the land? Because it's not that hard to look it up, and yet the people of the world choose to be ignorant about the land and God's promises So can you help us out, go over some of these promises that God has given Israel about that piece of real estate?
0: Yeah, I I would love to. It started 40,000 years ago when God called a man named Abram out of the Ur of the Chaldees, and he said to leave your family. I'm going to show you your descendants. I'm going to bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. I'm going to make your name great throughout the entire world. And he led him to the land, the promised land, where there's a number of times in the book of Genesis, God gave specific borders to where what the promised land is that belonged to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In Deuteronomy, we're told that God has put his name there in the Holy Land, mm. particularly in the city of Jerusalem. And we also know from Scripture that God has set the boundaries of nations. We're told that in the book of Deuteronomy also. So what's interesting, as an aside, yeah, it has a lot to do with what's going on now, because the globalists want, don't want borders. They want a borderless world, and by doing this, they're mm. they're going right against God's, uh, you know, specific promise that no, this land belongs to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So like you said, with the Exodus, they entered the land, Uh, there's still much land to be conquered, as Joshua said, uh, Joshua, they never conquered everything, but it is theirs. Now, here's the thing, it's irrevocably theirs, the ownership, but the occupancy was based on obedience, and as we know, twice they've been removed from their homeland, once for 70 years in the Babylonian captivity, once for almost 1,900 years after they rejected Christ in the uh, A.D. 70 with the Roman overthrow and the taking them captives. But the land is, has a very special meaning. This is where God has put his name. This is the, They are the chosen people. This is the chosen land, the chosen real estate, as you would with the world. So it's the one place on earth where God has said, this is where I put my name. These are my people, even though they're in unbelief today. He's still looking after them. Uh, and Genesis 12, 1-3 still in operation. He blesses those who bless and curse those mm-hmm. who curse. But it, again, it is a land that God has given to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And he repeats it. Um, he repeats it to um, Abraham's son Isaac and to Isaac's son Jacob. Yep. Uh, so Genesis 26 yep. and then Genesis 28. Um so you know we should we cannot be ignorant about these things and he also laid out the extent of the land um yep. all, all of Canaan from Egypt to modern day Iraq I mean mm-hmm. that that's a that's a big chunk of real estate
0: yeah, and but we have to understand, this is, this is like we said, uh, Mary, this is irrevocable. This mm-hmm. is what God has said. This is your land. Mm-hmm. This belongs to them. And to try and say there's no such things as borders, no such things as anybody's sovereign land, and then you've got this lie about, well, this is the land of the Palestinians. The Palestinians never existed. Um, they were created by Yasser Arafat. In the night, you know, who was born in Egypt? By the way, wasn't even born in the Holy Land. And they're a figment of the imagination of people. But if they've said it so many times now, they believe this is their land. You know, from the river to the sea, they're, they've got that chant. It is not their land. It'll never be their land. It is Israel's land, and God has given it to them. And so, the land is crucially important. I'm glad you brought that up because it's often forgotten. It's the Holy Land, mm. the Promised Land, and let's not forget that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's just amazing. I mean, Jerusalem has been conquered. It has changed hands. Uh, but the, the conquerors, uh, they're all long gone. And here we are having this conversation, even though, right? I mean, that alone shows God's hand on all of this. And it just never ceases to amaze me. And um, there are things God is doing over there right now that we probably don't completely understand, but praise the Lord, we will someday. So looking forward to that. Um, and as far as future prophecy, Don, is there anything you want to say about that? We had talked about, you know, prophecies in general about uh, what's going on right now.
0: Yeah, one of the interesting things is, is how amazingly... Everything is lining up, just as the Scripture said. One of the books I have, it was my bestseller. I'm not selling them anymore, but again, the free download, 25 signs were near the end. we It's kind of a progression here. Uh, the first sign is the miracle of the survival of the Jews. The second sign is, as nations done to Israel, so God has done to them. Five nations in the Old Testament that attempted to destroy Israel no longer exist. And then the miraculous entering into the promised land in the last days, which they, against all odds, the second exile, the second return. And then, of course, what we have is, this is only, their, their return, this is people a lot of them get confused with. It's a partial return, there's two phases of the return. The first return is, what they've done is an unbelief. Mm-hmm. They'll be brought back there when the Lord Jesus comes, and then you have the promise in scripture of the uniting of the city of Jerusalem. That happened in June of sixty seven. And what the one I really like is Israel's gonna be in the world spotlight. Can you imagine? You know, all all the emphasis in the scripture is about Israel, the last days in the world spotlight. There's this tiny nation the size of Lake Michigan, size of New Jersey, that's in the spotlight every day of the world. It's the fact that it still exists, it's in the spotlight. They've got Jerusalem, they've come back twice to their land, they've made it into a, a great flourishing land from a land that had been destroyed, all these things have been predicted in Scripture, and every single thing, Mary, has fallen into mm-hmm. place. It is literally mm-hmm. amazing.
1: Wow. Yeah, it, it really, really is. And I got to thinking, Don, when this first started, on the very first day of this news, I had read a headline that said that they, um, the Muslims are calling this war... Uh, vanguards of the Al Aqsa Flood. Now that really surprised me because it has nothing to do with the Al Aqsa Mosque, Oops. or so we believe at this point. It has nothing to do with that, but it does raise the passions of the Muslims by bringing into this so-called holy site that now this is threatened, and they need to really be careful because the Jews are going to go after their holy site. But Don, there are no Muslim holy sites on the Temple Mount.
0: Nope, no, they're not. There are not. The uh, the Al Aqsa Mosque, which was placed there, is not a holy site. Uh, Jerusalem was not even in the minds of Muslims until the 19th century. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the third holy site, you got Mecca and Medina, the the supposed site where Muhammad ascended to heaven on his night, uh, journey, uh, was in Saudi Arabia. It was made in Jerusalem just as a political, you know, gesture in the 19th century, and it's not a holy site. Uh, the Al-Aqsa Mosque is, you know, supposedly the third holiest site of all Islam. That, that's, um, that's not only a myth, it's really interesting. I'm sure you've done the stories on this in the, in the recent years. The Saudis have been saying, wait a minute now, all three holy sites are in Saudi Arabia, uh, not in Jerusalem. And if they ever took over, it's interesting, if they ever took over the Temple Mount um, and took authority over it, They would make the point is this is not the third holiest site itself in Saudi Arabia. But uh, this is the place where the first and second temple stood. A third temple will be built. In fact, we go into this in great detail in our book, The Jews, Jerusalem, and the Coming Temple, where we talk about all this, all the characters that are involved, all the interesting things taking place, the history of the Temple Mount, and what is going to happen in the future with the third temple built there. And it's amazing how the stage is set, but you're right. It was funny. It was like a, a couple of days afterwards, almost like an afterthought. Well, this is the Al uh You know, we're, we're, we're defending Al That's why we're doing this. Right. Uh, there's nothing to defend it. The, the Jews would go- try to overrun it at all. No. Right. It, they just had to come up with something. Yeah. But it is interesting, isn't it? That is mentioned.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. And it got me thinking yesterday as we were talking about this. It got me thinking about some other prophecies about that very site, because way back in Moses' time, God had already chosen His dwelling place uh, in the Promised Land. Uh, Deuteronomy twelve five. I saw this yesterday. Don it says, "You are to seek only the place Adonai your God chooses from all your tribes to put His name to dwell there." You will come also Genesis twenty two, uh, the place where Isaac was to be sacrificed. But if you go forward to Second Samuel twenty four, there is a plague against Israel. Uh, God is angry with with the people. Um, and at that point, at point in time that God relented on the pestilence, an angel stood by, and it was right there. It was the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. David bought that floor from Aruna, offered burnt offerings. The angel was standing there on Mount Moriah, and it's so symbolic. Sin and death were conquered at that site. Um, it is a beautiful picture of the sacrifice of Jesus once for all. And it also symbolizes separating the wheat from the chaff, the righteous and the wicked. So that is an incredible bit of prophecy there. Um, and I, I just think, you know, all we have to do is go back that far and see that that was never a Muslim site. How, it's not rocket science, Don, is it?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. And what's interesting about that, we're told that in Genesis 22, Where Abraham took uh, was told to sacrifice Isaac was to the land of Moriah. Now Moriah is a mountain range, and it's the uh, temple was built there. Like you said, the former ruin of the Jebusite on Mount Moriah, uh, the place where God designated. The Jews believe this was the place where um, the Lord took Abraham. uh, The Lord told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. I have a little bit different viewpoint on this. Let me explain what it is. I think it was on Mount Moriah. I get. I, I choke up when I say this, but I think the place where God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac wasn't the place of the Temple Mount, I believe it was a few hundred meters to the north, the place 2,000 years ago called Golgotha. I mm. believe that's exactly where Isaac, uh, and that's what God designated that spot. But anyway, mm. we don't know that for a fact, but we know this is the place of the Temple, the Holy of Holies, First Second Temple, the Ark of the Covenant, sat and the Holy of Holies, and the... the uh, first temple and so the bottom line is this is the holiest cycle that god has has designated the temple mount as the center basically of the of the world Can we say uh god israel is god's time clock okay it's time israel is the hour hand jerusalem is the minute hand but the temple mount is the second hand because the temple mount is front and center it's the place where god like you said and after the plague there in Samuel, we're told about that it was designated as the place where the temple would be built, the sacrifices will be made, and the Holy of Holies would uh, be there representing the presence of God in the midst of the people. But, so, yeah, it's it all is fascinatingly coming together. Uh, in our day and age, and it 's ama- again it's amazing how all these specific prophecies predictions are all falling into place you can't make this stuff oh no, you
1: really can't you're absolutely right about that, which actually, I was going to ask you about the temple and and thinking well emmanuel it 's Christmas, God with us I mean I just that just mm-hmm. came to my mind uh, right now because that 's what we say a lot during this time of year, God with us. Um, but the temple itself, Don, I know we've had the Temple Mount Institute has been working on implements and such, and there's been a lot of right. chatter. What, what, anything that you feel is coming up quickly, or how in the world actually is this ever going to take place, is what a lot of us are thinking.
0: Well, that's, that's the great question. We don't know. And just like we didn't know this was going to happen, we do know this, that there is a, a movement among, Certain Israelis, that would like to see a temple built on the Temple Mount. Right now, they can't even go up and worship publicly. They can't pray out mm. loud, neither can Christians on the Temple Mount. Can't show, read a Bible or open a prayer book or the Torah or anything like that. And so something's going to change. Now, one of the possibilities is, and we've talked about this before, we don't know, when the Ezekiel 38-39 invasion takes place, if that happens, you know, um, right after the church leaves, which I believe that's going to take place, that's going to open up the Temple Mount, because let's face it, apart from Russia, they're all Muslim nations, and their armies are going to be totally destroyed, Ezekiel 39 tells us that. And so there'd be nothing to fear of building a temple on the Temple Mount, because remember in Ezekiel 39, it we also told that supernaturally... The um, when God works and destroys these armies, that the Jews begin to realize He's working for them, mm-hmm. and that may lead them to build the temple at that particular time. Because, like you said, the influence is all there. The Temple Institute has done that for years and years. They um, done this. It's it, it, fascinatingly. Got, I got to visit that with uh, the late Chuck Missler. He and I oh. visited the, the, the Temple Institute before they even, while they were beginning, when they're in their old building, which is really small. They were actually putting it together. And we spent four, about three or four hours getting a uh, you know kind of a tour of what was going to take place. This is back, again, many, many years ago, so they have been up for at least 25 years. But one of the fascinating things to me, and this is what's interesting, and particularly now with the technology, uh, we heard over and over again, Barry, that basically they're going to do everything that the Bible says. They're going to build it exactly the same way, you know, the dimensions, the priest's garment, the color of the everything, you know, it, it, and on and on. They're telling us this in great detail. Then we go in this one room, and we look at a diagram of the temple mount, the new temple, and it's an electrician's wiring diagram. We said, wait a minute. What are you, you talking about future, you know, everything is according to scriptures and that? Where, where do you get a wiring diagram in the future temple? And I'll never forget what the young lady said who was giving us the tour. She said, where the scriptures speak... We follow, but where they don't speak, we believe we can improvise. For this future temple will be built not for the past, but for the future. Of course, now we know what the technology. We oh. don't even need wiring in this. But I thought that was interesting. That mentality's there. That they will have, you know, you know, recordings of live videos of what's going on there, and we know that from Matthew twenty four fifteen that uh, someday people are going to see the abomination that causes yeah. desolation of the temple. Yeah. But it's interesting how all this is coming together. It just—it just amazes me. Wow,
1: that is very, very interesting. They do intend to use it as the center of their life, and we don't think of it that way. We think Correct. of the old, just the temple, uh, just for what it is and what we think we know it is. I don't think it's going to be anything like we think we know it is. And Don, throw AI into the mix there. I—I I don't know what to yeah. think about that because AI will permeate the entire world, and it already is um i don't know and I, i'm yeah. when, when you're talking about the original place there of the temple institute uh, in the old city i was there several times and a lot of great memories they had videos and and wonderful people to talk to about these things and i think that was the one thing the first thing that blew my mind when i went to israel many many years ago but any more thoughts yeah. on ai and all the all the high-tech stuff in a temple
0: oh boy that's that's a whole nother interesting <laughs> question yeah um The AI stuff, I believe what that's going to be used is basically the final antichrist will use that in the false prophet. In other words, there's one place you go for information. There'll be one. Not only you can't buy and sell without a central, you know, without being getting the mark of the beast and how everything will be digitized, all the the, the buying and selling, but also AI to make. Proclamations, you know, this is, this. In other words, this is like this is like scripture to them. We're, you know, this is what you will do. You know, this is like the 1984, the Ministry of Truth. This is what you have to follow, and so I see that coming. But again, as we know, AI has to be programmed. It just didn't come up with this on its own, right. and we know who's programming it, and certainly not uh, godly, uh, Bible believing Christians. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, definitely. I think there are a lot of uh, people are nervous about AI, of course. The EU is is trying to work out, hammer out some safeguards, some guardrails, as they call it, to, to make sure that we're somehow mm-hmm. safe um, from AI, but uh, yeah, it's not really going to happen because <laughs> um, the Antichrist system is being put into place. All he's got to do is flip a switch and... Uh, Turn off the switch of those that he does not like. So we are talking to Don Stewart, educatingourworld.com. This is Stand Up for the Truth for December the 14th. And we are going to talk more and more about Israel as we go here. A lot of you may have heard of uh, the Turkish lawmaker who had a heart attack after declaring (laughs) Israel will not be able to escape the wrath of God. He fell to the ground when he said that uh, for all the things Israel's doing, Allah is going to get him. And then he uh, dropped over. They took him to the hospital. Well, today he died, and I find it very interesting, and we can pick this up because we got to go to break real quick. I find it very interesting that this has made international news, uh, and I think for a very good reason. So it's it's just one of those be careful what you wish for. Um, that's the file I filed that one under, but I thought people might want an update on that. Uh, Because if you're going to pronounce the wrath of Allah, now he's face-to-face with the true God. And I I take that very seriously. Um, But, uh, you know, let God be true and every man a liar. Again, stand up for the truth, Don Stewart. And uh, we are going to be back in two minutes with more about Israel. I want to talk to Don about two-state solution, the Abraham Accords, who sort of vanished on October the 7th. And we will have more uh, coming in with Don shortly. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth for December the 14th. We have Don Stewart with us today, EducatingOurWorld.com, and also a brand new app. Um, and so uh, we want to encourage you to go to your app store, um, whether you have a, a, an Apple or Android or whatever you have, and find Educating Our World with Don Stewart and download that and you will find... A load of great, great content for your learning. Uh, I hear a little meowing in the background in the first half. Uh, there's some, there's some kittens in the house. So if people are hearing the the lamenting and the plaintive cries, it is not Don or family. It is kittens. You just got some uh, five kittens.
0: Well, actually, we got we had four new ones in the last six weeks, <laughs> but we got two new ones just two nights ago. They're right here in the room with me, and they want to hang around there. They're they're wonderful kittens, but they. They like to talk, so they're here oh. right now playing with each other. So if you hear that, okay. it's not me meowing. Okay. What was that again? Lamenting. Lamenting.
1: Yes. Lamenting and plaintive plaintive cries and lamenting. lamenting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think they're I think they're saying amen and Okay. they saying okay, okay. So I think they're agreeing with awesome. what we're
1: doing. Okay, awesome. Well, we want to get back a little bit to our topic here, uh, uh, Israel, and some interesting things that news you may have missed. And there's a headline today, Israeli ambassador says, 2 state solution is dead. In fiery interview. Um, Don, even September 30th, I noted I was looking up headlines and the last normalizing relations with various nations who want to make, uh, make friendly with Israel. And well, lo and behold, Don, a week later, you ain't hear nothing about that. What is your thought on the two state solution and those Abraham Accords? What, if this is an open ended war, is that deader than dead?
0: Yeah, this is interesting. Um, the problem is the Abraham Accords to some degree will still be working because here's the problem. Uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, they need Israel because of the, the threat from Iran and so do the other uh-huh. nations. So not that they want them, but they need them because they need the buffer there that Israel provides. Uh, Egypt also too, uh, although they don't say it, the, um, you know, the Muslim Brotherhood has been outlawed in, in Egypt, but the Muslim Brotherhood is one of their sidekicks is Hamas and so they want to see Hamas destroyed too. But So there's, what we find in Ezekiel 38 is there's going to be a protest from these Gulf states when the invasion takes place. They're not going to be part of the invading force, but they will protest. Now, for one or two reasons. Either they're protesting because what are you doing invading Israel or protesting, hey, come, how come you didn't invite us to take some of the soil? <laughs> but but we don't know. Either one of will, will work. Uh, but they will protest. But they're not part of it. Now, what's interesting about the so-called two-state solution, it is dead. Um, how in the world can you have a two-state solution with a state? First of all, Hamas' mm-hmm. charter calls for the destruction of Israel. The Palestinian Authority wants the destruction of Israel, just not all at once. The Palestinian Authority, again, um, has basically said Israel does not have the right to defend itself um, against Hamas. Again, they, they blame the uh, October 7th on Israeli bombing that killed all those people at the festival. And so... The problem is, you don't have a peace partner. You do not have that. And what's interesting, Mary, when you think about it, they go, going back to the 1967 borders, um, and, and, you know, or the, you know, or uh, uh, 49 borders or whatever it might be. Before the 67 war, the East, East Jerusalem is in the hand of a country called Transjordan. And from 1948 to 67, uh, Jerusalem is divided right down the middle. If you did that, you'd have people right next door to you. I want to see your destruction. In fact, I'll tell you an interesting story. I don't know if I mentioned this before. My first Israel uh, got to me. I was with Josh McDowell. We were met, making a film called More Than the Carpenters in 1976. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, we met, yeah, we met yeah. with the deputy, I think it's the deputy mayor of the city of Jerusalem. He's really some high figure in the Israeli government. And he told us a story. He said during the, um, you know, when Israel was divided right down the middle, the nightly broadcast of news from East Jerusalem, from the Arab side, from Transjordan, would be, would be, you know, shown into Jerusalem. Everybody, you know, it's a TV, couldn't miss it. They would end every broadcast with this. The presenter would look into the camera and said, and this is for the Jews, we are going to kill every last man woman and child of you. We're going to drive you into the Mediterranean Sea. I don't know if he said, have a good night after that, but <laughs> oh, they said geez. that they would hit every broadcast with that. Now, can you imagine with today's weapon, uh, you know, having someone right there, you know, over your, you can't. There's a, in one stretch of this proposed, you know, where they would have the two states, there's only like a seven mile corridor that would be part of, of Israel. And plus you would have right next to Ben Gurion Airport. Where you can do these shoulder-mounted missile launchers to you know, shoot down planes and all that—it just it doesn't work on so many so many ways. Yeah. It just cannot work. It is dead. In fact, Iran came out and so said, "One thing we do agree with Israel: there's no two-state solution. There's only one state, and they said a Muslim state." So, uh, yeah, there. Again, how can you uh, uh, have peace with somebody that wants your destruction and hopefully uh, And also, too, let's remember this. On October seventh, it wasn't just Hamas that was there. There were members of the PA, the Palestinian Authority, that were also all part of the terrorist group that came into Israel during that day. So these people are just as um, you know guilty as Hamas is. And there's no, there's sad thing is Mary, there's no one to no one to negotiate with. Who do you, the leaders are all anti-Israel. Now, yeah. That doesn't mean the Palestinian people all are, but the leaders certainly
1: are. Wow. Wow. It, it just seems an impossibility. And this article, the Israeli ambassador to the UK said the idea of a two-state solution is no longer plausible as after October 7th. In an interview with Sky News, uh, H- Hatovli was questioned on the two-state solution, the continued ground invasion, and, and the claims that Israel was losing international support. And he says it's time for the world to realize that the Oslo paradigm failed on October Seventh and all you know, the presidents all want to have this as their legacy, right? Oh, look at me, I'm responsible for peace in the Middle East. Which we know was gonna yep. was a sham all along, uh the Oslo Accords and all the other accords. I can't even remember what they were because they've just really become in void after October the seventh. Someone. To come along. And, uh, you know, and Don, I've been saying that after the Gog and Magog War, um, you know, God is going to wipe out enemies. I don't think that the the peace that we talk about, we talk about with the Antichrist is after that. I think this, this particular war looks more and more impossible to solve and would be more and more something that a specific person who can make peace would be a miracle worker.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be a peace, a pseudo-peace. Remember First Thessalonians 5 mm-hmm. says when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come on their way. Uh, Daniel 9.27 talks about an agreement that's made, a covenant that's made, and it's, it doesn't say it in that context. Everybody says, well, it doesn't say no, peace. No, no, it doesn't, but from other mm-hmm. passages, it most likely is some yeah. type of peace treaty between the final Antichrist and Israel. And it'll be someone who will come up... So, supposedly have all the answers for every, every president, every European leader, every group in the Middle East have tried to do this and nothing's worked. Um, it will be there for a while and it, they'll think they'll be, it's almost like Neville Chamberlain holding up the piece of paper after meeting the Fuhrer says, we got peace in our time, you know. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, the result's going to happen, but it's going to be a false peace. Cause, but remember, here's the thing, someone will say, wait a minute, how can this happen? The world... You know, it's not going to happen. But remember, Second Thessalonians 2 says there'll be a great deception in the world. There'll be a spirit of error that, uh, you know, uh, the Lord will send on these people. Uh, you know, that uh, where they'll, they'll believe the lie rather than the truth because their hearts are evil. Hmm. And so it seems uh, what's going to happen. And whatever the case may be and how things change so often, as we know, in the Middle East, there's the need for that. In fact, one of my 25 signs of, that were near the end is the continual search for peace, and you only have a continual. If, if there's no peace, Israel has not had peace one day since forty-eight, since the modern state was reborn. But it'll be interesting to see how this uh, this peace comes along. But as you said, with what's happened there, the continual situation that will go on with Israel and their enemies, the Abraham Accords, again. Um, they're 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 play, playing it down now. The Saudis uh, are not supporting Israel, but they don't want to support Iran either, and, and they're you know their constituents because uh, they'd be next on the list. Mm. And so it's a fascinating thing. And so it this is what's going to lead. It seems to be. I think you're absolutely right. What's going on here, and the fallout from this. The fallout from this is going to take you know last long after this is all over. After Hamas is gone, so it's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, the cry for peace will be even louder and louder. And then the man of peace will eventually show up. And, uh, of course, he's the son of perdition, we know.
1: Yes, yes. And there will be strong delusion. And I don't think we understand. I mean, this world is deluded on so many levels, Don, and we talk about it on the program all the time. Yeah. You talk about it in your segments, uh, your yeah. video segments. But I don't think we can wrap our heads around the kind of delusion that will take place after the church is gone. Um there's an article that came out recently on Rapture Ready it says hey aren't you the antichrist and it uh, um there are enough people on this earth who know who he is and would be would be uh unveiling removing the veil from who he is and say hey that's the antichrist don't follow him and the church needs to be gone and i think that's part of the restraining force of the holy spirit for the church to be gone for that strong delusion to take place don can we do we understand at all the depth of that kind of satanic delusion
0: no, no, you don't. But, you know, I'm going to give you an illustration of where it really hit me. There was a number of years ago, I was doing lectures at the, uh, a friend of mine who funded this at a different YMCA groups uh, around the country, and there was one up in Southern California I did, and all the members, say their whole, their whole leadership were non-Christians, by the way, the Young Men's Christian Association were all non-Christians, interestingly. And I gave my outline, which I do, basically a case for Christianity. And then I asked for response. What was interesting to me, not one person would deal with the fact that it was, and it's almost like there's a blinders on because I, I went logically through it. And they said, well, if I were God, I would do this, but I would, and it's like they couldn't see what was clearly in front of their eyes. And so what hit me was, It's amazing how deluded people are. It's so irrational. It's so illogical. It doesn't make sense. But this is what's going to happen. It's something supernatural. And it's an evil supernatural thing. And I saw it firsthand. I go, whoa. Uh, And so it always made me think of what's going to happen, like you said, at the time of the end, the strong delusion. But these people are so anti-God antichrist that don't believe anything they believe the lie rather than the truth the passage john 5 where jesus said you know i've come in the father's name you rejected me another will come in his own name him you will receive mm. well that's talking about the final antichrist and that's going to happen and it, again it, that's what we have to understand it doesn't make any logical sense or yeah. rational sense it's going to happen nevertheless
1: yeah yeah, and we think about how hard things are in Israel right now, but they are going to get a lot harder. And those verses are precisely, one will come in his own name and him you will receive. That is very sobering in light of even what's going yep. on over there. So we need to continue to pray um that God would do a great work uh, and that uh, Israel would see his hand in all of us. Don, I want to talk about the UN, because I want to backtrack just a little bit sure. about who would administer. Sure. I mean, if there's another state solution, which is dead in the water, but but you can't have... There is no global agency that can administer this, absolutely none. But the UN, and I want to bring this out, the UN is helping Hamas even now as we speak, uh, and they are the ones responsible for this eternal refugee status in Gaza. We There were refugees after the World Wars. People, they, they got on with their lives. They assimilated into other nations. They didn't cry refugee for 70 years. But now this UN is helping them. Uh, to maintain that refugee status. And so in light of that, the UNRWA, which is the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, they exist solely as a relief agency for these refugees, and they glorify violence against Israel. Now, IDF soldiers have found that a U.N. aid meant for civilians is loaded in such a way to conceal missiles and rockets, meant for israel surprise we're not surprised right and also one hostage said they were locked in an attic for 50 days by a u.n worker barely enough food no medication Mm -hmm. another said they were held by a gazan doctor uh who are controlled by the u.n um uh, don there there is no uh no one on the side of peace in israel as it is it's just almost ridiculous to even think that that's a possibility what are your thoughts on that
0: yeah, you took all the words out of my <laughs> mouth. Let's see what had happened there. No, that's okay. That's okay. It's good because we're taking along the same line with the uh, the hostages there. There was uh, that's why they call them the United Nothing in Israel yeah. because they they basically are you know anti-Israel. They're the ones that have, they're they're helping Hamas all the way. You know they were supposed to be inspecting the trucks that come into. You know, Gaza, and how do you get all these missiles and, and, you know, how do you get all these things in there, the, the weapons, the chemical warfare and all that? Well, they don't, they're, they're working with that. So Israel, and here's the key Israel doesn't have a friend in the world. You just had this United Nations, United Nothing vote, well, 153 countries, something like that, that voted for immediate ceasefire. You vote for immediate ceasefire, you mean you're going to still want to, you're still going to say Hamas still must exist. So this organization cannot help. Um, Israel. The European Union, the EU is in the same boat. Mm-hmm. They want to run the whole show also, mm-hmm. but they will not mm-hmm. help Israel. Israel does not have any friends. Now here's what's fascinating. I always love the quote to quote this. Zechariah chapter 12 verses 2 to 4. It talks about specifically at the time of the end that the local or the regional nations will be against Israel but also the whole world will be against them. So you've got not only the regional nations but the entire world against them. Well, we're seeing that, you know, uh, you know, basically right now uh, getting together, uh the whole world is against Israel. The whole world is, you know, hates them. There's and it's supernatural, it doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. Mm-hmm. And one of my books uh, um called God's work in history speaks, the prophecies uh, made and fulfilled. One of the ones i mentioned, and this is a fascinating story, and this is about Israel, you know, have uh, come back to their ancient homeland after being gone. It was predicted by uh, people in the last 2,000 years. But there was one story here that really fascinated me, Mary, and that deals with this missionary in India. He wrote a book in 1812. His name was Claudius Buchanan. And he talked about the persecution of Jews in India by Hindus, and he said, "What did the Jews ever do to the Hindus? Wherever mm-hmm. they go, they get persecuted." This one group of people, and he said, "They're not like, and it's not like Christians persecuting them. Anti-Semitism among so-called Christians." But it, it really opened his eyes that wherever the Jews went, they were persecuted, and specifically by Hindus there, which made no sense whatsoever because there's no track record of them having any problems with one another. So what it is? It's a supernatural hatred from the very beginning that the enemy has put in uh, unbelievers of the hatred of descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they're the ones from them the Messiah came to the world. From them, God's work is done. God has promised in Jeremiah thirty verses, uh, chapter thirty-one verses thirty-five to thirty-seven. Along the suns in the sky and the stars there, God's going to keep Israel existing, and the world's going to try and stop it, but it's not going to happen.
1: Mm. Wow. Yes, it is uh it is just like we started the the podcast here. It is so complicated over there. Um yes. and the Israeli officials are well aware that the UN is involved and and one Israeli official said, "The UN has officially become Hamas's accomplice. Our soldiers have irrefutably exposed how the UNRWA that is meant to benefit civilians is exploited by Hamas." and we talked about that a little bit. Also, the Gatestone Institute has an article about Hamas creating a new terrorist group to destroy Israel from Lebanon. So they have a plan B, and Lebanon is very unhappy okay. about it. They are a sovereign nation, of course, but Hezbollah has agreed um, to let in even more terror groups, and if the one they're going going for right now doesn't work, they're going to go from Lebanon, and um, boy, it, it just uh, that further cements the notion that this is just never, ever going to end. Don, I, I want to ask you you something about uh, Psalm 83. And a lot of people uh, have uh, mentioned that this more and more looks like Psalm 83. Of course, that is mentioned with every um, incursion that happens over in Israel. Uh, there are several nations listed. Iran, interestingly, is not listed. And Iran is the one that's sponsoring um, all these different proxies to do their dirty work. What do you, Can I ask you what you think about Psalm 83 in this particular... Um, uh, event that's oh, going on
0: I, w- I would love to talk about it I've got one of the books I have which I encourage everyone to read is uh, 45 common mistakes about last day's Bible prophecy cleared up hmm. and two of the mistakes are Psalm 83 and Isaiah 17. neither of them have anything to do with the end times neither of them do I've g- I go in great detail in showing mm-hmm. that Psalm 83 has already been fulfilled it was it, uh, it was a uh, regional thing that happened way back. Uh, Assyria was still existing at that time. Assyria was destroyed in 612 BC. So Assyria was one of the problems at that time. And so we go into detail on that. And and, and, um, with Isaiah 17, the destruction of Damascus, if you read the first 16 chapters of Isaiah, you find that Damascus was used as a shorthand for the kingdom of Aram, which was aligned with Israel in that day to to fight the kingdom of Judah. They were destroyed, and that was the prophecy there. So no, I don't believe uh there's anything to do with these Psalm 83, it has nothing to do with the last days, neither does... It's a lament psalm, by the way, and a, a lament psalm basically has a number of different features. They all do, but it always has something to do with a local situation at the time, a local problem, and there was a local problem where, uh, under the name of ASAP, it was brought up. But no, so, yeah, I would go into that in great detail. Someone once said, well, I don't believe that I once to disagree. Well, please read what I wrote, okay? Mm-hmm. okay I go in great, great detail. Mm-hmm. I explain it. what I do, Mary, I come into all these with an open mind. Mm -hmm. When I talk about the 45 common mistakes, I probably made half of them in my ministry. So (laughs) there's things that I've learned and and looking at differently. So it's not like I'm I'm pointing the finger. i got to point it back at myself. Mm. Um, And so, no, Psalm 83 and Isaiah 17 have nothing to do with the last days. What we're seeing now is a stage setting for the Ezekiel 38-39 war, like you said, with the peace, that this continual search for peace. The need for a peacemaker, need for a leader, um, we've, and also at the same time, we have the you know the exponential increase of technology with you know with all that AI, where the whole world now can see at the same time an event that will take place in the city of Jerusalem. They can watch it in real time. We thank the Elon Musk and Starlink yeah. for doing that for the low yeah. flying satellites, yeah. digital currency. Uh, that's, you know, Tim Cook of Apple said the next cash is. And so all of this is coming about right now, coming to pass. But, yeah, to uh, short answer your question, no. Psalm 83, Isaiah 17, nothing to do with the last I, day. I'm glad I asked.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm glad you did, too. I'm glad I asked. And it, what's the name of the, the thing that you wrote, 45 common? Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. it's, it's under Bible prophecy. It's 45 common mistakes about last day's Bible prophecy okay. cleared up. And what they are, common things that are taught that really aren't found in Scripture. Okay. Mm-hmm. And again, Psalm 83, uh, that has nothing to do with that. The um, uh, Isaiah 17, the one where I really get a lot of flack is when I say the fig tree doesn't represent Israel. But say it's a sign from nature. And <laughs> I go into that in great, great detail. Mm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, bottom line is there are a number of, let's see, people say, why are you so negative? I say, hey, look, I wrote a book called 25 Signs Were Near the End. I know we're getting close to the end. I'm not negative. We want to separate the week from the chapter yep. though. That's all I'm doing. Yep. So please at least give it a read and don't say I'm crazy. You know what's funny? And I'm it's sad because it's one of my, the things I brought up. Just don't just follow what somebody says. Check it out for yourself because I had so many people say, well, I, I appreciate what you said. I can't refute it, but I'll stick with so and so who says this. <laughs> How about sticking with the scriptures mm-hmm. and then seeing what it says? You know? mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, anyway. Yeah. That, and I, I challenge people to respond to it and I've yet to get a response. So
1: Well it's interesting, I'll tell you, uh Pastor Andy Woods, Sugarland Bible Church, um who we have oh, I love Andy. Yeah, we've had him on here and we've had him uh, in Appleton at conferences. He agrees with you completely on both of those things. I've listened. I know he does. I've listened to his Bible studies and the context he brings to both Isaiah and Psalm eighty three are things that uh, are worth uh, sitting up for and and listening to. Uh, there there can be right. pop beliefs in prophecy like anything else, and and we really really have to uh, do ourselves a favor and be Bereans and see what you think. At least um, read read Don's book and see what you think about these things. And um, we only have a few minutes left on and I wanted to ask you about Iran because uh, being the head of the snake here, I do believe uh, there was six yep. billion dollars headed their way because there was a hostage release in June. That's all been shelved. Um, it, America's, uh, the U.S.'s policy against Iran—it's been kind of quiet on that front lately. What do you think about Iran and America?
0: Yeah, in fact, it's been—it's been schizophrenic because Iran's <laughs> surrogates have attacked U.S. U.S. Uh, you know uh, elements there in the Middle East. Our, our soldiers there are, are fighting people seventy-six times. Biden has done nothing about that. There's been no response to it. He's totally schizophrenic. He says he supports Israel, but they they do not. Mm -hmm. But Iran is the snake. Iran's behind everything. There's surrogates, the Houthis there in Yemen, Hamas, Hezbollah, you know, in Syria, too, the groups that are there. And so they're the ones behind all this. But the the United States is quiet and does not want to, for some reason, or maybe because Obama in 2015, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action uh, you know forgiving Iran of all its debts and and when Iran was ready to knuckle under and go under um, you know allow them a breath for life you know 150 billion dollars released to them and so Iran yeah Iran's the, the problem here and what's interesting is Iran is one of the nations that along with Russia and Turkey will be invading Israel at the time of the end um, but what's fascinating, Mary, in the nineteen seventies, it was Iran that basically saved Israel, resupplied them during the Yom Kippur War some fifty years ago. And now today Iran is exactly where it's supposed to be a last day Bible prophecy along with Russia, along with Turkey, as nations that will attack Israel. They'll try and take something that doesn't belong to them. Mm-hmm. But no, Iran is Iran is the bad guy. But here's here's the great news though. The fastest growing church in the world is in Iran. Mm-hmm. The second fastest is in Afghanistan. So God is doing His work. He's doing work there among the people there. It's incredible what's taking place. Christians are there. Uh, I, they, they listen to all my stuff, I'm told. Um, they call me Uncle Don there or Grandpa Don. <laughs> uh, because they're... they're, they're, they're And I, I'm, I'm humbled to hear this, but uh, I've, I've got a, a friend who is basically connected with both the churches there in Iran and Afghanistan. He tells me he wouldn't believe revival that's going on, the people that love Jesus and are preaching the gospel there. So on the one hand, you've got the leadership, you know, horrible. But on the other hand, you've got these Bible-believing Christians who are pre- preaching the gospel of mm-hmm. Christ.
1: Wow. And that is a great, uplifting way to close out this podcast. Yes. And we will be um, watching your app and watching your site. And the daily videos are fantastic. And uh, you are always been up thank on you. everything, Don. Thank you so much for joining me today. And, and uh, we'll look at the schedule in 2024 and have you back and see what's going on then. So thank you, Don.
0: Thank you. Anytime you want, I'll be available.
1: Sounds good. EducatingOurWorld.com, also a new app for Don Stewart. Um, very content-heavy. So thank you for being on with us today. Tomorrow I have Gary Kahn. He has a new uh, – he puts out a quarterly newsletter. He has a winter newsletter that's out. And so we're going to find out what he is working on at the close of 2023. And I think Israel's going to come up with him, too. And I love having it back-to-back because we have uh, – Two very knowledgeable guys with different perspectives on the same issue, and I'm always open to that. Uh, So join me tomorrow for Gary and We just have a few more fresh podcasts uh, before the end of the year. So um, another another podcast in the can. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.